Welcome, stranger, to the area of the guild. What's this? You are bored? Hmm. Me and my partner here should be able to help you with that. Before you head any further, welcome to the guild radio. And welcome to the Guild Radio. I am Tom, and I'm here with my co-host, Rogan. Hello. Hello, and guys. T- and today we're going to be having a look at uh, the Mandalorian episode, season two, episode three, the Hyannis. So, Rogan, what do you think of this episode? Yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a really good episode. I mean, it wasn't as long as maybe your first episode of the season, um, the Marshall. Yes. Um, but I reckon it was arguably as good or even better than The Marshal. Yeah, um, I do think so too, yeah. Yeah, I think just the whole, the whole plot of it, and there's so many interesting twists in this one. Yes, that I definitely so agree. Interesting. Yeah. So what did you think, Tom? Tom, go and go a little bit more into that, into, um, into more depth about what you thought about it. Uh, so I, I really liked the, uh, this more more while it was a bit slow they took the time to uh really focus on and just uh you know filling in the details especially i think after the trailer of mandalorian actually left a lot of questions that people wanted answering and i think this episode did a great job of filling in most of these and we've seen some really good future plot lines uh, storylines developed from the characters introduced this episode if you had to yeah. give it like a rating out of like one out of ten, what do you reckon? What would you give it? If ten is highest and one is worst, then I would probably give it maybe a nine. A nine. Yeah, I, I definitely think... had to. I would say so too. I actually think that it did a better job than some. Actually, quite a few of the episodes in season one, only because season one took a lot of time just in focusing on the child, but now. Sort of, it's taken, given more of a chance this season to focus on sort of the Mandalorians and the conflict and sort of the broader world, which I like a lot. Yep, yep, definitely. If, yeah. if I had to give it a rating, I'd probably give it a, I'd probably actually also give it a 9 out of 10, only because I think this episode, after episode 2, which wasn't amazing, it was pretty average mediocre i think yeah. it sort of really picked up the storyline but my only my only um disappointment was with it was that it sort of just dropped the storyline of the frogs and just sort of left that that detail of them but besides that small note of disappointment 
everything else was really good into it. It was a really yeah. I think good. also as you said before, I think it was a little bit slow, and they could. It would have been nice to see them add a little bit more as a fa- as fans of this whole Star Wars and and Mandalorian as a series itself. It would have been like more. We would have liked it more if they added a bit more because I think the episode was what thirty uh, something minutes. But, yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. I think they could extend it a bit long. I did enjoy, um, you know, investigating the the culture of that town. I feel like the, that's something that Mandalorian does ten times better than Star Wars. That in just the movies, like it really, you know, yeah. shows the ways of each of the the characters and the, the civilians of the town. And it was finally good to see what the the it's a trap, dude. Get uh, <laughs> Admiral Akbar. Yeah, I think I think um I think you're right about that. But I think the reason Star Wars doesn't really go into like the setting of their place is mainly because they have um they usually have like two or three like storylines going on at the same yeah, time. time strength, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And for the Mandalorian, we're we're mainly just following Mando and um Baby Yoda. So yeah. I think I think that allows us to kind of learn more about the. The, the setting but also it allows us to learn more about the plot itself like we ha- we learned so much in that episode and it was only for like what 30 something minutes 36 minutes I it's, don't know it's the sign of really really good storing t- telling which is yes. awesome you know definitely and definitely great producers on that yep and script writers yep. So, for those of you who need a little bit of a refreshment, um, uh, uh, this is kind of what happens. So, uh, Mando, Yoda, and the Frog Lady, they arrive on a planet called Trask. And Mando comes plummeting in with, like, high speed and velocity. And then he kind of slows it down and he just... Is kind of steadies the landing, but then he falls into some water, and that kind of gives a little bit of comedy. But Tom, uh, Tom and I, we just, we, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was this kind of crane kind of thing, um, in like the water. Yeah. And it was based off an eight, one of those AT-AT walkers you would see in the original trilogy of Star Wars, and we just thought that was so cool, like how they, they kind of um, resourcefully, you know, transformed one of those walkers into like. A crane it's just so creative and even though it's one of those small things you just can't help but like you know have a little bit of a smile looking at it yeah yes i completely agree and it, it gave some detail on the resourcefulness of the town um if i if you um are happy for me to continue the summary so in the next part then mandalorian uh, or mando uh lands and the fr- the frog lady meets her husband and and one of the eggs hatches while and while that's happening Mandalorian uh, Mando meets some um, goes into a bar and meets some some of this a local who can give but information actually before that before that what happens is we don't know if many of you noticed maybe a lot of you um high-end Star Wars fans would have noticed but Tom and I were getting really quite hyped about this but oh. um, um you want to go on about it Tom oh yes so when when they first arrived, they uh, ran into they were uh, Mandalorian and had and Baby Yoda and the Frog Lady were exiting the ship after paying the bill for the 
the ship, uh, for the repair of the ship, and Mandalorian noticed a hooded figure watching him, and from from some in-depth research research that me and Rakov did uh, a few a few weeks back, uh, we learned that the hooded figure was a Clone Wars uh, main character called Ahsoka, who seems to be tracking Mando for some reason. There's there's some details that we don't know because we we haven't watched Clone Wars. Of course, we probably will go and watch that, and then you know we can now do an analysis on that series as well. But um, so she's watching him, and once he notices her, then she disappears. So after that, they go and the Frog Lady finds her husband, and Mando uh, meets someone who says he can be. They can be, help him find other Mandalorians, so he gets on a ship with him. But really, it's and, a trap. And that that person, that person, there's a quote, and the quote is, "Others with the best car have troubles here." And that, and there's, and as Tom said about the going back to what Tom said about Ahsoka, um, and the glimpse that Mando gave at Ahsoka. See, there's like as we were saying before, there's so many little details that you kind of. If you are willing enough to look at them, then you find yourself, you find that you are hooked and they're actually quite easy to notice. So you, you kind of, that's the good thing about the Mandalorian because you can get, it's it's very interesting, right? You, you, you think a lot about theory and plot and that kind of stuff. So moving on to um, when Mando is looking for others, there's this, um, there's this sailor, I guess, and he tells Mando's, Mando that others with Beskar have traveled these parts. And um, uh, he says, uh, I, I can bring you to them. It's only a few hours sail. So he takes Mando uh, uh, and baby Yoda to try and find some other Yoda, uh, to, uh, to find some uh, other Mandalorians. And um, see, what happens is Star Wars is kind of a, is set in a galaxy where there's lots of frauds and that kind of stuff. So it turns out that this guy is actually um, trying to, uh, this guy's trying to get Mando for his Beskar armor, and he tries to drown Mando. But luckily, in the nick of time, uh, there's there's some other Mandalorians that come and rescue uh, Mando and Baby Yoda, and they even uh, kill all the the bad sailors. So, yes. you want to go on, Tom? Yep. So um, after that, they are introduced, and at this point, when me and Raghav were watching it not too long before we recorded this uh we i recognized the name of one of these characters one of the mandalorians that introduced themselves which was called bo katan and it is a character from clone wars so i'd have no clue how i remembered this but there um so that was a pretty good observation that was a pretty good observation yeah so but then we learned about from bo katan about how there was a separating of clans and how there seems to be a bit of uh, tension between the two in their... Um, do you want to talk about how she kind of lifts her helmet? Oh, of course, yes. So, again, coming to this idea of the cultures of the clans, um, Bo-Katan takes her helmet off and, Man- and Mando sees this as like almost like a crime or as a sin and this is why there's tension between the two clans because of their intensity of their culture. So, so 
apparently Mando's cult is the cult of watchers and the normal Mandalorians aren't a cult or anything. So they're completely separate. So we learn about something that we haven't known from, I don't know if it was in Clone Wars, of course, but from the first movie all the way to now. So that's a, it's an important detail and I'm sure it will come up again. So once they, once that's happened, once Mando finds out that they take off their helmets, he flies away in like disgust almost. And then after that, they ask him if he, they, Mando's confronted by more of those c- civilians who were related to one of the sailors yeah. and they con- have confront him and try to attack him uh, but then the other Mandalorians save him and they request that he help in that to he wants to of course return baby Yoda to his or the child to Jedi's so they know a location so they ask in return that he does a mission with them and they take, try to take down a ship. But we don't. We think we know the reason up until they the end, once they've almost completely claimed the whole ship and Bo-Katan questions the captain By the about, way, this ship is uh, an Imperial transport containing like lots of weapons. So yeah, yep. go on, Tom. So uh, Bo-Katan questions the captain, but the captain has had orders from... I think we'll talk about this more when we're talking about the theory, of course, because this was quite a big reveal, and this we were very shocked um, by the uh, this uh, twist. But um, the captain had been trying to sink the ship or crash it from orders from um, someone in the Empire, and then so she questions the captain about the dark saber, which was a huge plot point from the last series, and. Well, probably not the last series, but the last few episodes of the series, of the first yeah. series, and and the captain doesn't have any clue. Well, he knows something, but he doesn't give it away. So they leave the ship. The uh, they leave the ship, of course, and and then and, um, um, then Bo-Kat- they to... oh, they stabilize the ship, and Mand and Bo-Katan gives. Mando some information and he tells Mando to visit the city of Caladan to bring the child the foundling to the city of Caladan or Caladan on the forest planet of Corvus. There you will find Ahsoka Tano. Tell her you were sent by Bo-Katan and thank you. Your bravery will not be forgotten. This is the way. And Tom, what does Mando say? And then Mando also says this is the way. Yep. So then after that he leaves and he knows where he has to take the the child and so he picks him up and returns to the ship and begins his journey to Corvus. And that's the episode. So that's our summary. But now let's get on to the, the main part of this episode, the theory. Today's theory, this week's theory, is on Bo-Katan and uh, the mystery character from before, Moss Gideon, who was commanding the captain to crack, crash the ship. So we were super surprised about the return of Moss Gideon, but it does it didn't. It was now that I'm thinking about it, it doesn't seem like a super surprise after you know he was alive at the end of the last series. 
But, um, this start now it sort of seems like there, there will be some tension between Bo-Katan and Moss Gideon, only because Bo-Katan is seeking the Darksaber, which is the item that Moss Gideon was with, which Moss Gideon was wielding last, uh, last series at the end, which was his weapon, which sort of implies that he must have killed the last leader of Mandalore. So now now uh, Bo-Katan will be trying to hunt down Moss Gideon, but Moss Gideon has large forces, which means we might see some high co- big combat between the, t- the, uh, the cult of the cult of uh, Watchers the, the normal Mandalorians and Mos Gideon's sort of empire. Yeah, so, and um, this is just a um, food for a t- for a thought. Um, Tom, you know the 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 latest Star Wars trilogy that's come out, um, yep. one with like the First Order and stuff. Yes. Could that somehow be uh, related to like Mos Gideon's and uh, and like his his kind of uh, troop of um, stormtroopers? He possibly could have influenced Kylo Ren in some way. Maybe he was starting like almost like a regime or he was trying to start a movement. You know? Yeah. And maybe he possibly captured Mandalore. Maybe he does. And maybe like properly this time, like fully. And maybe that yeah. inspires Kylo Ren. Because, to, because to we have heard in the, the last episode from the from season one of Mandalorian that uh that uh, Moff Gideon actually knew the name of Ma- the Mandalorian, the, ne- the main Mandalorian, Mando. He yep. knew the name of him, and he called him Din Djarin, and that's Mando's real name. And Din Djarin actually said to um, his, uh, his companions, uh, Grief Kaga and the rebel shock trooper, he told them, uh, he, he kind of conveyed his surprise that Moff Gideon knew his name, because... Um, Din Djarin didn't hear that name since such a long time uh, since when he was fighting in one of his earliest wars on Mandalore so that's just food for a thought but yeah it does seem quite interesting it could mean that maybe Mos Gideon has a history as maybe even like an ex-Mandalorian there seems yeah. to be some politics there that somehow there was a link between the the where Mando lived, Mandalore, and Mos Gideon, if yeah. he had some sort of role, almost like the Emperor, who was good, and then he used his political position to yeah, bring darkness, yeah. the dark side, to just the Republic yeah. City. Um, also, um, some so I found that quite concerning, but it seems like Bo-Katan uh, also might be a bit dare I say, a bit corrupt in a way that her, yeah. her longing for the Darksaber and for her royal position in Mandalore might be corrupting her. And who knows, a plot point next season could be, if there is a next season, maybe that Bo-Katan goes mad from in the power position and causes trouble and, Mandal- and Mando has to, uh, you know, have to rebel against her oppression. Or possibly that Mos Gideon again, someone takes over Mandalore. And I think that a final setting for the season will be Mandalore, where 
maybe even the Jedi will be fighting against Moss Gideon and the Mandalorians will all join together, something like that. And maybe even the cult of the Watchers will, will combine with the normal Mandalorians. So it seems like that there's a lot of conflict and almost like a storm. And this is the calm before the storm. And almost, yep. and I feel like the child might be the super weapon in the middle his intense force powers someone might uh-huh. be trying to find him and trying to take advantage of that you know yoda in the in the the prequels was ex- he was extremely powerful with his ability to use the force and because of his Evidently. spiritual enlightened he was incredibly spiritually enlightened he was able to really understand the force and he w- could be one with the force but so possibly the child is hunted down so someone can take control of the child and plant their ideals into him. Yeah. Yeah, I think, as you said, very well said, Tom. Like, I think, um, I think the child would be a major, like, like a major factor in the outcome of this war between, uh, like, the Jedi, Mandalore, the Great, and, um, the Empire. Like, um, it's all very interesting, and still, we don't really know enough. They're probably going to keep feeding us information until they're like until they decide to put the war in. But um, as we said, Baby Yoda's powers are—they ha- they haven't been heard of since you know Yoda. And like for a child of this age to like perform such events of caliber, you know, of but such I mean, caliber for people. Like, Luke Skywalker's the last person to see Yoda, so I mean, yeah. Luke Skywalker's already, you know, he's already hiding away. I, I don't know if he's already hiding away, but he's already... I think he's already egg- been exiled. But so yeah. He's already exiled, which yeah. means, which again is a good, which plays into that thing that maybe Kylo Ren was influenced by, maybe that's all happening at the same time as this upcoming war which then could yep. lead to Kylo Ren's corruption so so um I do think that yes Yoda hasn't been seen for a long time since pretty much Anakin and I think Anakin did drive Yoda away into exile because of his disappointment almost you could say yep and course, uh yeah. and I think also in Clone Wars from my memory Yoda was an important part of the council. So after the Emperor's corruption, I think Yoda was in danger. Sort of, sort of had to disappear from the scene. So Yoda hasn't been seen for about, you know, fifty years, maybe, maybe even longer. So his powers are sort of unheard of. So now that a new one has come along, sort of people are wanting to convert it to their side, almost. And like- I think it's interesting that you say that Yoda hasn't been seen for fifty years because I don't know if you remember. But in one of the early episodes in in season one of The Mandalorian, they say um, they don't know what the... See, Mandalorian is going to find the child. He doesn't know that he's going to find the child. He's just told that he has to find a 50-year-old, around 50-year-old organism, right? Yeah. He finds the child and he's perplexed, right? He's like so perplexed but that it's so young. And as you said, it's been 50 years almost, maybe, since anyone has seen really Yoda. Yeah, right? yeah. And so that that kind of... It's an in, it's interesting that you say that. So, yeah.
up now. Um, thank you all for watching, and we'll see you for next episode for episode four. And remember, everyone, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs>